Welcome back, and it's good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show final hour happens here. Glad to have you on board today. 877-867-1670. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Ben Z. Kenny, Facebook fan page. You can watch the show. Chime in over there. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitch TV. Email the program via BillMichaels at gmail.com. You can always listen to anything and everything you hear right here uh, on the on the show. Uh, you can catch it on the podcast. Apple uh, iTunes. You can catch us on Google. You can catch us on Spotify. So plenty of ways to consume the program. Uh, Romeo Dobbs in the uh, in the locker room yesterday talks about uh, the high ankle sprain and what did he think of the decision uh, during the pregame warmups at, at the Bears and not being allowed to play. Um, I thought it was a great decision. Um, I, thought, I thought it was a great decision for myself. Uh, I made sure I did everything throughout the week. I tried to see how the ankle felt, um, just cutting, moving around, just playing the position. And uh, I thought it was a great decision just to uh, sit out for the Bears game. Um, because I knew that I had an advantage being able to use the bye week to uh, get my ankle back going again. So um, it was it was a great decision. I felt good with it. But it was it was a hard decision throughout the week. So I was thinking about it all week. Uh, so, I mean, I'm glad I feel great today. So, so coming into this week, it, you know, it, has he been able to do everything that he wants to do on the ankle coming into this week in practice? Um, yes, I have. I went full speed on it today. It felt great being able to plant. Um, and just looking forward to tomorrow. To tomorrow. Looking forward to tomorrow, meaning today, seeing if it's sore, seeing if it's not sore. Uh, he also was then asked, uh, does he expect to play on Monday night? Um, yes, I'm fully expected to play Monday you know, I know I got more time than I have um, up until game day. So there you go. And then, uh, last but not least, he's then asked, um, "How big of a help has Alan Lazard been this year when it comes to the wide receivers in the wide receiver room? Guys like Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, how big of a help has that been?" Um, really available. Uh, I mean, he's been helping all the young, uh, all the young guys in the room. I, I know he's young, but <laughs> uh, but just as far as like understanding the game, he's always been in not just myself, but Christian and Simone, uh, some of the other guys who's just now starting to get into the room. He's just been a huge help you know, for, uh, for me throughout this first year. So. so there you go. That's Romeo Dubs. Got a lot of background noise there, but that's okay. A lot of background noise. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, do it. Um, the uh, you know Romeo Doves, you know coming in. Obviously, you're you're glad that uh, you know he's back. You're glad that. And, and the other thing is here. Remember, you're also glad. You know Watson. These two guys finally get a chance to play together. That's the best part about it. That they finally get a chance to play together. Because you haven't had that uh, consistently throughout the season. And, you know, obviously starting out, Christian Watson was nicked up and the hamstring and such, and then Dobbs got nicked up, and they haven't had consistent time together. So now now maybe it happens. Now maybe it happens. You're ho- hoping for it, you know? 877-867-1670. You want to find us, do it. Uh, this is from uh, Joe. Joe says, uh, hey, unit, uh, going back to the question earlier, do I think the Packers can even win out? My answer is no. 
Uh, I've heard you say it a million times, you can't unsee the past. Has this team learned from their own mistakes? Certainly not until the Bears game did it even look like they learned from their mistakes. Tackling still an issue, and as long as the defense is poor and Joe Barry's at the helm, no way. Is that it? Is that going to be the – can you see, Ben, um, a, a situation where the defense gets – where the offense you know, finally starts to put up some points? We saw it against – Philadelphia, they put up a little bit uh, of a fight in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. Now, obviously not in uh, Detroit, although they did move the ball in Detroit. It was the turnovers that cost them. But can you see a scenario in which this team finally starts to score, but yet in a game, say, like against Miami or a game, say, against Justin Jefferson and, and you know, Kirk Cousins and company where they lose 30-28 or 35-27, they finally start scoring points, but the defense can't stop anybody? I, that feels like if they're going to play well, that's probably the formula. But I, right. I'm still not as optimistic about the offense overall. Like it's been yeah. a season of ups and downs. Where yeah, they've shown it for a drive or for a half, but not for an extended period of time. That Eagles right. game also, I, they were starting at the 50 yard line half the time. Like they yards per play, they were very good. They were very efficient. Mm-hmm. You obviously had the big strike to Watson late, but Keyshawn Nixon. And they had the fumble. They ran back to the opposing 20. Like, it, it was weird. They didn't really have to sustain drives across a whole field. Right. I um, I can see the scenario in which they, they, don't, they don't get there. That, that I can see the – I can finally see what we've been waiting for. I can finally see where things are starting to take off and things are starting to, to go rather well. And offensively speaking, where all of a sudden you got Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, they're catching passes, moving the sticks, using Aaron Jones. Everything starts to really flow. And then all of a sudden this defense, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, the defense just flat out lets them down. If the defense would play the way we thought they would play, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I just don't, uh, I don't see it happening. That, that's my biggest argument. So when it comes to the reality, and people say, well, how can you talk about that? Well, when it comes to the reality of all of this, I I think the offense can get better and will get better, and I think just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is feeling better is going to make a difference. But I just can't look at this defense and go, oh, yeah, they're going to get better. They got this. Because do you suddenly get better in the trenches? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you suddenly get better – you know, it, with your coverage in the secondary, eh, maybe you get a a bit of a pep in your step. But to me, this team has looked slow. This team has played slow. Quay Walker, unless, of course, over the last week and a half, he's figured out a move to be able to get off of an offensive lineman. He tackles, he runs, but he can't get off of offensive linemen. So unless he's all of a sudden figured that out, Devondre Campbell comes back and he is what we saw him to be last year. I mean, Otherwise, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Just don't. Uh, so, I, again, I, I don't mean to sit here and I, on one hand seem like I'm blowing smoke, and on the other hand I'm throwing the big bucket of cold water on you, but it's kind of like I'm just giving you the dose of reality. Can they make it? Yes. Will they make it? Most likely not. Hope they do, though. Hope they do. Uh, Marcus says the exact same thing. He says, do I think my team is going to be there? No. Do I hope my team is? Yes. Go, Pat. Go. See you on Monday. Simple as that. Understand it. Understand it. 538 Bill has them at 11% for the record to make the playoffs. 
to make the playoffs. Yes. And that's How up from down? about eight. Well, it was up at 8% last week. Uh, it I went down. It was 11.5%. I'll go check again. It went down significantly when the Giants and Commanders tied. Oh, okay. Because I thought last week going into that into the weekend, I thought ESPN had them at um, 11.5%. Yeah, ESPNs are weird. ESPN is the Cowboys as the Super Bowl favorite. I, I think they yeah, juiced the numbers well, a bit for whatever narratives yeah. they run. Okay. That's a conspiracy right. I'm very deep in on, <laughs> by the way. No, I don't have a problem with that. I, I would go right along with you. Um, Poe Boy says, uh, hey, you're going to see you up at Lambeau Field on Monday night. Are you going to be out and about early? My tailgate group wants to get you a beer. Uh, here's the problem. Before games, even during, I don't drink. I got to work afterwards. So I don't do it. I don't do it. But I will stop by. Uh, just let me know your location. I will stop by and grab a bite to eat. I don't mind that. Maybe a water. But I just I don't drink ahead of the game. So, but thank you. Not to shoot you down, but thank you. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, by the way, here's uh, Ben. You found it. So the uh, Packers playoff chances rose from nine point one to eleven point seven after the uh, games per quote a mock four one nine. That's the athletics hole. Yeah, yeah. So it went up. They're at eleven point seven percent. I think. Now this is just me, but I think the biggest stumbling block for the Green Bay Packers is not getting three out of four losses from the Giants or getting two out of four losses from Seattle. I think the biggest stumbling block for the Packers is the Packers winning out. That That's the biggest stumbling block. For all the other things, for all the other, other things, I, 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 I think the Packers are going to have trouble winning out. I also saw a terrific stat that Monday night might be the coldest game the Rams have ever played in. It's supposed really? to be it's supposed to be in the teens, like kind of normal for us, but I guess they aren't often in this part of the world during this time mm-hmm. of year, and it hasn't been that cold, or they're inside. Hmm. I interesting. I still don't think it matters a whole lot, but interesting. I, again, we you know what? Here's the thing. We get into this whole discussion about cold and, oh, this is Packer weather. It hasn't meant Jack since Michael Vick ran all over him for Atlanta. You know, it just hasn't. Hasn't meant anything. You know, they had a cold game for the NFC Championship game, championship game with Favre. They got beat. Cold game for far or for uh, Rogers in the snow, perfect snow globe game. Everything they got beat. The cold, the cold weather thing is now a myth. Nothing more. Nothing I, more. I'm getting people angry on Twitter these days because I started this bit. Like you know how I have the whole like great hire, don't know if it's going to work out, or great trade might work out, might not thing. Mm-hmm. I've started to tweet pictures of like three feet of snowfall. And say, hey, do you think Phil Longo's offense can work in this weather? <laughs> and everyone says, oh, but Wisconsin doesn't play in that weather. Right. It's like, yeah, that's the joke. That's the point. But every picture I post, I'm putting more and more snow in it. So it gets mm-hmm. more and more ridiculous okay. until people realize I'm kidding. Get 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 that picture up there at, uh, you know, Buffalo Stadium. <laughs> Throw that out there and say, just to take a look inside uh, Camp Randall, do you think the offense can operate? Can, can a high-powered passing offense work in this weather? Right. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? 
877-867-1670. Head us up. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Got a lot more to get to. I want to hear from Luke Fickle as well, so stick around for that also. Hang in there. A lot more. Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continue on. Don't forget about our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. And uh, Potawatomi has uh, a lot of good stuff. They're ringing in the new year again this year. And if you're looking for a hotel stay, just something to do. You know, um, you know, weather's not great, so you want to stay inside, all-inclusive, so to speak. you got everything right there at your fingertips. Terrific dining. Uh, by the way, bingo is coming back. They just announced that. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but bingo is coming back. Look for that to be coming back to Potawatomi Hotel Casino soon, too. But bingo is coming back. Coming back to Potawatomi. Not a bad way to go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Ben, uh, the uh, coldest game the Rams have played, uh, is that true? Because they're saying, uh, some people are saying that uh, back in 1992, the Rams played here, and it was like 15 below windchill. Those people are correct. It is the coldest in go. 30 years. In 30 years that they've played. In. Which, gotcha. I mean, it's more than my lifetime. Sure. Some someone look at that and, and say over thirty years. In thirty years. That's almost forever. <laughs> that's a figure right. of speech, right? Right. Nothing wrong with that. There you go. Um this one is from uh this is from Mike. Mike says, uh, hey, I'm really liking what Luke Fickle is doing. Luke Fickle's doing a lot of good stuff for the Wisconsin Badger program and giving us a lot of excitement. Do you think in a couple of years we could actually be talking about a national title, especially when they go to 12 teams? I I think that you could be talking about this team being in the tournament, absolutely. Yes. Luke Fickle, by the way, was talking the other day about, uh, you know, who's going to be coaching, doing what, all that kind of stuff come to the bowl game. He said he's not sure who's going to coach uh, the offensive line in the bowl game, but he's really, honestly, he's not worried about it. We'll have some guys. There's, there's a lot of people within this building that can coach the offensive line. All right. I mean, if there's one thing that I learned about being here, there's plenty of offensive line coaches. Right. I mean, we've, we've got them all over the place, all Americans. You know, coach, maybe Mac will be down there to coach the O line a little bit, but there, there's no shortage of who's going to coach the offensive line and, and, you know, and how they've done it for a long time. Uh, then you got uh, his, his role, what he's doing as a coach right now. I'm just kind of, you know, making sure I'm out there to get to know these guys and, and keep everything rolling and smooth. Um, so what position? I'm not really coaching a position. Kind of trying to stay out of the way as much as possible and, and you know, just trying to help manage the the flow of things as best as I possibly can, um, you know, and, and building relationships. Luke, uh, Luke Fickle talks about the guys uh, removing, you know, as we talked about earlier, there's been kind of a turnaround. Some guys were leaving and all of a sudden they went, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's happening here. So now they're taking their names out of the portal. He talks about guys removing their names. Obviously, a couple of those guys that had declared their intentions, and, you know, we didn't let up on them. I thought that they were here for a reason. You know, they were here because they love the culture, they love the environment, and they love the place. You know, sometimes guys maybe make some decisions that are a little bit quicker. They don't go through a lot of different things. And, you know, what we continued to stay on them. We continued to, you know, have those conversations with them. And as long as they would continue to talk to us, we felt like, hey, we deep down inside, I think this is where they want to be. 
Uh, in addition to that, Luke Fickle uh, started talking about, you know, kind of the mesh. He's he's trying to get the recruiting, the old recruiting staff, new guys going because he's increasing that staff. He's trying to get the mesh going between the old, uh, the old guard, if you will, and the new regime. So they've worked hand in hand. We've only brought a couple people with us to help us in recruiting. And, and, you know, we've actually had some of those guys on the road, so they're not here every day. So all that have been involved in recruiting have done a phenomenal job. And uh, we had a really good weekend. Um, and it's not because, you know, all these new people were coming in. It's because of what those guys have done, how the, the well they, you know, think of this place and what they want for the future, whether they're going to be here or not. Um, when it comes to Luke Fickle, the the discussion has been, What's he going to do a quarterback? Who's going to be the next quarterback? You know, what is he looking for and all that kind of stuff? And and he discussed, he said, this is, this is what I want in a, in the next quarterback of the, uh, the, the Wisconsin Badgers. Leader winner. And I think that they come in all different shapes and sizes, but if you don't find a leader and you don't find a winner, I don't care how accurate they are. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how fast they are. Obviously we all have the things that we are looking for, you know, I've always wanted a guy that can move, you know, doesn't mean he's got to be a running quarterback, but if you can't extend things, you can't make things happen um, with your athleticism. I think it limits you. Bowl games. I know <laughs> Badger fans talk about it all the time because it's, you know, well, we're happy going to a bowl. Oh, well, we just want to get to a bowl. We want to be able to get out of Wisconsin to go party somewhere. And that's, I don't think that's true anymore. I think that's kind of, kind of cliche I, I i i think there is an expectation to make things better now for uh for the badgers but fickle does say when it comes to bowl games it's just it's about who wants it more there's guys that are really able to step in and, and i don't know if they'll miss a beat well will they look the same will they you know maybe have the experience the same maybe not but i tell you what they'll play every bit as hard and i think that uh you know the way you play together is is the way you win bowl games in particular we win all football games but even more, more so when you go into these bowl games it's about who wants to be there and who's willing to do the things they need to do and when uh, you talk about guys bill that's my i just gotta yeah, say go that's ahead. my favorite sports cliche ever oh we gotta want it more oh oh they right. wanted it more it's just classic some well sometimes there's something to be said for that you can see it you know what i mean Sometimes you can see a team that just comes out with energy and they just are tenacious and they beat on you until you succumb. We've seen it. We've seen the Packers go through this. And it's not so much where the Packers have done it, where the Packers have been the team this year to succumb, where they just don't look like. How many times have we did the postgame show and you hear somebody say they didn't come out and look like they were ready to play or they didn't come out and look like they wanted it? Right? We hear it all the time. And, and, but you're right. I mean, it's a cliche. It's individually players want to succeed. Players want to win. Players want to look good. They want to feel superior in their peers. They want to be recognized. So you don't ever go out saying, I don't want it. But there are days in which you try and you just look bad doing it and it doesn't click. It doesn't happen. And that's where the, they wanted it more than we did today or the old, they came in hungry because they, they have nothing to lose. I mean, it's like an underdog team coming in going, we're not supposed to lose this game. Let's just go out and be tenacious and just let it all hang out, whip their ass. And then you've got a team that looks like they're supposed to win, but they just look bad. And you're like, how does this team that's supposedly this good look this bad? Well, the other team wanted it more. It's it's not about want sometimes. Sometimes it's just about you know what what your attitude is going into the game. Do you feel like you've already won it? Do you feel like you've got to play your best to win it? 
do you feel like you just got to let it all hang out to win it? Or do you, are you playing conservative and energy wise? Are you following your head coach? Are you following your coordinator? Are you following your, your, your position guy? And it, there, there's so much to that. There's so many layers to that, but it's a very, you're right. It's a very cliche thing just to say they want it more. Uh, by the way, Fickle says, speaking of the guys that have left, you know, you look at practice, you really can't tell that certain guys just aren't here anymore. I haven't, I don't know the difference. You know, I've seen some, watched some film. So you might say, oh, there's, there's a difference with without Joe Tipton in there or something. But to be honest with you, I, the great thing for me is I don't, I don't know the bigger difference. So I'm a little more on the positive side that, uh, Hey, they, they look good to me. Let's find out who we got and let's, uh, let's find a way to, to, to finish this thing and, and win. The one cautionary tale in this is that with the portal being open now, and bowl games coming up, he said, you know, man, bowl games are going to look like this where, you know, you go into a, a regular season, you play the entire season, and all of a sudden at the end of the year, you've got guys that are leaving. And so when you go into the bowl game, you may not be going into the bowl game with the complement of players that you have. And it's the unfortunate thing, the the byproduct of the portal system that, you know, the more and more bowl games are going to look like this moving on down the road. I think this is the future a little bit of, of some bowl games is kind of getting a great vision for what your team's going to look like the following year, just by nature. So anybody that thinks that you have a hard time competing a competitive team would think that you don't, you don't have a real program in place. And even just being here 12 days, 14 days, whatever it is, I can tell you that there's a phenomenal program in place, meaning that there's guys that are there. Uh, he, he also says, by the way, when he was going back to the quarterback position, when he was asked, you know, Hey, who's playing quarterback? He, he's like, I don't know. So I don't know that we've made a decision on that yet. That won't be my decision. Let's be honest with you. Okay. That's kind of what I'm talking about, about being the head coach. I got the utmost respect for what these guys know and what gives us the best chance to win. I just like to sit down with them and, and, you know, if they have any questions that I might, things that I might see, they can ask, but the reality is it's going to be what they believe is best. Now, this is interesting because the uh you know fickle is bringing his own people in when it comes to the recruiting recruiting is a life's blood so it's kind of like a president of a, a football team it, you know draft is your life's blood and sometimes when you're the president you want to bring in another general manager somebody else to bring in a different eye a, an eye that agrees with yours to look at talent and then be evaluated and move on because you know the system that they bring fickle said you know some people from the recruiting staff could stay on after, but it's going to depend on how well they mesh with his people. I couldn't be more proud about how that's been and how it's been handled and even how the mesh has gone with just a few of the recruiting guys that have come with us just because, you know, we know them. It, uh, it has worked really, really well together and tells me there's a, there's a lot of decisions to be made that maybe this can work really well with some of these guys and, and the people that have got an incredible history here. Bowl game, though. Getting back into it, it's a chance for uh, people to kind of step up and make. You know, you got a new coach, you got a new coach, you got a new eyes on you. You know, and if you're not leaving, if you're not transferring out, maybe you're somebody who just wants to get more playing time. Now's the time to show your wares. These guys understand that just another opportunity for somebody else. And when you've got the depth in the program, when you've done the things as well as they've done them, I think that that's just another chance for somebody else to step up. And the one thing to remember about the bowl game. While it may not be a big deal to you, it may not be a huge deal to me, it, it's not a national title game. It's for, for some guys, it's a huge deal. For seniors, this is it. This is their last game. So it, it's a big deal in many different regards. What's most important is getting 
prepared for Oklahoma State, uh, finish this thing out the right way for a lot of guys within this program, um, seniors being first and foremost. You know, so we've got a lot of work to do. We've got we've got a lot of things to do, but uh, I'm excited about uh, you know what what we have done and what we're going to do. Uh, we talked about this earlier. He said, "Look, we're, you know, recruiting and bringing guys in via the high school ranks." That's that's really your life's blood, but they're not going to use the transfer portal to build the program, but you're not going to turn it away either. Everybody would say, well, what about the transfer portal? I'm going to be honest with you. That's not the way we want to continue to build our program. That's not the vision that I have. I don't think that's the vision for what this place is and, and, and should be, meaning that you take high school kids, you develop them over a four or five-year period, and you get amazing results. Now, we all understand that there are some situations where you've got to fill the gaps, and that's, to me, what it would be as a transfer. And then uh, he also talks about, you know, hey, you're just not going to start recruiting and filling up guys and giving out scholarships and such just to put bodies on the field. But there is a balance. There's a balance of guys that we knew a lot about, whether they were committed to us in the past or guys that, you know, we were recruiting that maybe we didn't have an opportunity to get just based on where we were. Um, but what's not just hastily to say, let's, we got to fill up this class. We got to get 20 or 22 players to sign so we can bring them in. I think that we got to be really smart with what we're doing. We've got to take the ones that we know are going to be a good fit. And last but not least, he said, uh, to say that they're not going to be competitive going into the bowl game. He said, that's not true. I think it's a great opportunity for more people to step up, show their leadership skills. Um, to be honest, I, I don't. I don't worry one bit about you know. Well, can we be competitive or not? I mean, the whole objective is to win. It's not be competitive. Whether I'm just walking in the door, it'd be a dis- complete disrespect to every one of those kids sitting in those seats to think that they were brought here. But yet, we don't think that they could put a competitive, you know, even have a competitive advantage on a, on a field with a really good football team. So I don't think that's a thought in anybody's head. I know it's not a thought in my head, and I sure can tell you just from watching practice that is not a single thought. Um, in the heads of anybody out there. So there you go. That's Luke Fickle uh, talking yesterday. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We continue on. Uh, 877-867-1670. Judge Smale's burner account says uh, the SEC has never lost a bowl game that they cared about. Are you kidding me? Who was it the Badgers whooped the hell out of not that long ago? Was Was it Arkansas? I think the joke is after they lose, they then say they didn't care. Correct. Just trying to think of all the losses that I can remember that even the Badgers have gotten against the SEC. This is true, though. You are correct. But, yeah, the SEC is um, – it's kind of like when the Bears said they allow, they didn't really care about the last game of the season and they allowed the Packers to win. And it was like, no. I remember being in that locker room. And Brian Urlacher looked over and said, I think we allowed the Giant to wake up. Never forget that. Never forget that. Yeah, you're right. The SEC is just a bunch of weenies. Also not the best conference in the country this season. 
No, they're not. When you, well, that's an interesting argument because the the SEC this year, and you know when you when you you know obviously look at you know the rankings and all that kind of stuff. I and I don't know how really to look at all of that because it's it's so subjective to a certain extent, and when you because I don't like the way they do it. I don't like that they start ranking teams two or three, four weeks into the season, preseason, because I think it's garbage. You know, USC kept falling after their second win. They dropped seven spots. And, you know, there were teams that started, like Badger started at 18. I mean, come on. And then they just were completely just annihilated throughout the season, you know. I just think it's garbage. You know that there are certain teams that are going to be pretty good. We can all agree upon that. But – Tennessee looked good, then they didn't. Uh, you know, you had UC, Utah looked real good, but they had three losses on the season. They still end up at number three in the country. Are they better than USC? Are they better than Penn State? Penn State only with two losses on the season. Is Utah better with that third loss than what Penn State puts up? That, that's why this whole thing of, of the ranking system, I, I, I know you don't like it, Ben. That's the reason I like the 12-team playoff. Oh, that's why because I don't like the 12-team playoff. Well, because then you actually find out, is Utah worthy of being there? Is Penn State worthy of being there? Then you start to find out if somebody actually has been way overrated. Oh, I'd argue. If you, if, you go, if you go with just eight, okay, you know, then you still would be arguing about nine, ten, maybe 11. But, you know, like, is Florida State at number 13 better than an 11-2 and two Tulane? Is it just because they play in the ACC? Like, they, they have to be better? I think Tulane's probably better for the record. But the the whole reason why I don't like it is I would argue those teams aren't good enough to play for the national title anyway because they lost games. But isn't that okay? So then you go back a couple of years when, when Central Florida, when UCF went undefeated and proclaimed themselves the champion. Should <laughs> they Should they have fun. been there? Eh, right, but but, but all they all they had to do was win, and that's what they did. So by your logic, then they should have been the champion. Well, they played in they played in a lower I level. See, but they there we go. Now, lower but now you're, but that's not what you said. You said it was they an undef, undef, Do they belong to be there if they if they have a loss? What? Because you're going up against Georgia, and Michigan, who are undefeated. Um, I I want to find what year that was because there might have been undefeated teams in the top anyway that are better than them. There probably was, but my point being is. That and there probably was one or two, but my point being is that team deserves a shot. Oh, I'll all you can do, all you can do is play your schedule. And you know there are some teams, and once they started doing this, where they they quit paying these, you know, they, they this the strength of schedule really counted, and they quit playing the mid majors because they didn't want any part of it because there's no win there. If you win, you're supposed to. If you lose, oof, the knock against your the knock against your team. Is, is terrible. So the mid-majors, all the, the UCFs and such, they quit playing them. They don't play them anymore. Because, you you know, remember when Appalachian State beat M- Michigan? They don't want to play them anymore because of the possibility of losing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would say just go to a better conference. <laughs> you know? But like, that's just it. They, they schedule they better can. teams. They uh, it was 2018. It, it was 2018. Okay. Bama was 13 and 0. Clemson was 13 and 0. Notre Dame was 12 and 0, but they stunk. 
Uh, and yeah. Oklahoma was 12 and 1. But I would argue you, you only need a two team model. And Notre Dame's linebacker was it. dating a fictitious woman. Oh, no, that was 2014. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Ian Book. Yes. Thank you. Uh, but I just, I, but okay. So the other fourth team in the country that could have been undefeated would have been UCF. Should they have been there? Sure. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it would have mattered. Alabama would have run over them by 50. See, but like they, they said they that about Oklahoma. Cincinnati last year. They said that about I mean, Cincinnati last year. They lost Cincinnati by three touchdowns. Be. Cincinnati did? Yeah. Yeah. But they still played. They, they, it was it was absolutely, I agree with you. Cincinnati didn't have the capability to compete, but they did get blown out 50 to nothing, like everybody said they would. Correct. Correct. They did better than I thought they would do, but it still you showed go. you the different playing field that these programs are on. But it didn't show you that they didn't deserve to be there. Oh, they deserve to be there, definitely. I I just wish it was at two teams, so then we could put all that stupid stuff aside <laughs> and say, okay, Georgia, Michigan this year, they're the best teams. They're the most deserving. Have them play. Okay. Everyone else has lost, so what does it matter? Like, they had chances to go undefeated, but they lost the, they lost those games. Well, but by that logic then, though, wouldn't you just play put the, the best two record teams in one in the NFC and the AFC and those two teams play for the championship and call it a day? In the NFL? Yeah. Uh, college football, the nature of it's different, I think. Just, the, not at the, the top, it's not. Well, the schedules there's aren't as, even. I, I would say there's as much money, if not more, near the top with Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. You can go through USC. <laughs> there's so much money out there to be had in funny. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the regular season and the weight of certain matchups. Yeah. Where when Florida plays Utah at home, and Florida turned out to be not great as the season went on. Utah loses that game. It's it's a tough place to play. You're traveling mm-hmm. and you're in the swamp and you lose. Then you kind of see your playoff chances go to the wayside as well when you lose those. Yeah. The the national champions like Georgia walloped Oregon in the first week. And they've proved it. And yeah, they've had some near slip ups, but they won. I don't know. It's I, either here nor I, there. The whole uh, I, my whole thought was that the Big 12 was the best conference in the country this season. Uh, the Big 12? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom? But don't we consider that a lesser conference? Not nearly as competitive? This year. You're, you're right because you're right because the, you're only as good as the bottom half of your conference. And the bottom half of their conference was competitive. But are they better than Michigan State? Are they better than oh, Minnesota? Yeah. Are they better than the Badgers? Are they better than <laughs> I? Well, everybody was better than Iowa and Nebraska. <laughs> Well, there are 50, are 50 teams in the country better than the Badgers, Better than too. Rutgers and Maryland, and, you, you know, you go down that list. So I would say so. No, Big 12 had a good season. I'll give you that. And isn't this the season in which uh, Oklahoma and Texas bid goodbye to the Big 12 and they move over to the SEC next year? Or is that uh, 2024? 24, I believe. Okay. There's one more. Because Texas ended up uh, at, at 21st in the country at 8-4, and four, four-loss team. But they were better than that. <laughs> but that's not, you know what? We're going to break because I'm, I'm driving to Madison to punch you. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back from the bye getting ready for Monday Night Football when they host the Rams. At 5-8, and eight, the Packers will need some help from teams in the NFC East and South if they have any hopes of making the playoffs. Packers safety, Adrian Amos. It do, I mean, we can't control the scenarios, you know what I'm saying? So it's like all we can control is win. If we lose, it, it don't matter anyway. So we just have to um, prepare to win out. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs was asked how he felt about the game time decision in Chicago to not play with that high ankle sprain against the Bears. I thought it was a great decision. Um, I made sure I did everything throughout the week. I tried to see how the ankle felt, um, just cutting, moving around, just playing the position. And I thought it was a great decision just to uh, sit out for the Bears game. I knew that I had an advantage being able to use the bye week to uh, get my ankle back going again. So it was, it was a great decision. Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show asked how his ribs and fractured thumb are doing and how he spent the bye. Thumb is doing a lot better. It was nice to have that week off. The ribs are, are doing better, too. I, I was able to finally start getting some sleep. Yeah, yeah, but my body's feeling a lot better. It always feels good coming back after the bye, whether you're 21 or Whatever the hell will I am now, it's it's nice to get that week off. You know, went to the beach, worked on my tan, you know, wore a lot of tank tops. Yeah, showed off my belly button a little bit and had a good time. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to find us uh, and give us a shout? Do it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, got a couple other things before we get out of here. Uh, this one's from Mark, who says, "I don't mind the twelve team playoff. Let the best team win." Uh, you hate it because you believe it devalues the regular season, though, right, Ben? Correct. I think those games that are played between top teams should end up deciding who makes the playoff. Um, and I let the best team win. I would say that the best team would be the one that wins in the regular season. But, well, wait a minute. Aren't you taking, say, the best out of the ACC, the best out of the Big 12, the best out of the Big 10, the best out of the FBS, the best out of the SEC, and pitting them all against one another? Yeah, but if Purdue beat Michigan in the Big 10 title game, I don't think that would change the fact they lost, what, four or five games during this season? Plus, the ACC kind of stinks. Like, like yeah, winning those conferences is great, but if you win the conference but, and have four losses, then how good are you? But ultimately, well, first of all, Michigan, I, I Michigan beat Purdue, so per, Michigan's there. And Michigan would have been there even if they didn't beat Purdue, I believe. I feel like they would have still been there. Yes, definitely. Uh, in as far as the twelve go, is the top four Michigan probably still would have been there. So if you take the best of the ace, because if they all play a common schedule, that's one thing. But if you take the best of the ACC, the best of the SEC, best of the Big Twelve, best of the Big Ten, and you know Pac twelve, whatever the hell that's going to be, you take the best out of all of that, and then those teams are near the top, and then you've got a couple of other teams that have made it or have been just as good. I don't have a problem with that because you're still winning your conference. Those conference champions are still going to be there. And those top conference teams are still going to be there. Now you're finding out 
if like the the Big Ten was really weak and they get waxed by the SEC or vice versa, then you're saying, okay, it justifies and validates our thought that the SEC was really weak this year or this, you know, this season. Or maybe it was one dominant team and everybody else. And you know what I mean? I don't have a if, – if it's – you know, if it's – if Tulane gets in there at 11-2, and two, if Clemson's there and Florida State's there and North Carolina, well, they get beat because uh, they're in that coastal division, so be it, you know? It, but if the Big Ten has the top two teams in Michigan and Ohio State, those are the best two teams. So I have if the Nittany Lions are right there. I don't have a problem with it, but more so you probably. I, and again, the only ranked teams coming out of the Big Ten this year, which is disappointing, uh, was Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. That's it. Everybody else wasn't even ranked at the end of the season. I have the twelve team playoff. If it would have happened this year, in front of me, and I, I mean, it's a weird year where there weren't that many great teams, and there was a lot of good teams, right. and everyone was in the same pack. But you would have had number five TCU against number twelve Tulane, and yeah, yeah, Tulane's good, but uh, uh, whatever, you can miss me with oh. that. TCU, okay. I think, well, they're in anyway. They deserved it, even though they lost their conference title. Kansas State lost three times during the season. Tennessee lost a bunch of big games during the season. They lost by thirty. They lost two. They lost two. But they South Carolina two. beat them by thirty-five. They got I, absolutely demolished. Um, okay, can you chalk it up as a bad team or a bad day? Well, I I would argue that teams should be judged based on how bad they are, how, how good they are during their bad days, if that makes sense. Can you have a bad day okay. and still win and not lose by 30? Um, USC would have played Bama. USC is the worst defense I've ever seen in my life, and they got mm-hmm. destroyed twice against Utah. Uh, Bama Bama had multiple, t- multiple opportunities to run the table and be Bama, but they lost all those games, except for one where the opposing quarterback went out. Like Their team wasn't good this season. Mm-hmm. They, they played every game close, and, and they still would have gotten in. Then you would have had Ohio State-Penn State. Penn State had two big chances, Ohio State-Michigan. They lost both. Ohio State well, had a big Ohio chance. Ohio State beat them Michigan. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then they got they lost at home to Michigan by 25. I, oh, I agree with that. It was a horrific game. So I would argue, and then Clemson would have been in too, and, and Clemson stinks. So I would, have, I, I would argue that once you lose those games, you shouldn't really be in the, in the mix still because you're not that good. That's because Georgia and Michigan both went undefeated, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Had they not gone undefeated, I mean, usually it's very rare that we have a, a team that is not undefeated. Very rarely do you get a, a, you know everybody with one loss. But I also believe that if you are an undefeated team and you go by what your methodology is, that if you play a team that looks bad on bad days, you should be able to beat that team anyway. It should be kind of a more of a formality than anything. And if you don't bring it on that ga- on that day, then aren't in essence you doing the exact same thing that you're accusing the team that shouldn't be there of doing? Well, that was confusing. <laughs> okay, you're saying a team that looks bad on a bad day, they just didn't have it that day and they lose. Yeah. So you've got a team like Ohio State that got had a bad day, got beat at home by Michigan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in a rematch, in essence, Michigan should beat them because Michigan had a good day, played on the road, beat Ohio State at Ohio State. Yes, in theory. So, Ohio, so if Michigan then, in essence, has a a bad day, you're saying that that team, even on their bad day, should still be able to figure out a way to win. But if they get beat by Ohio State, then that blows that theory up because then Ohio State had a good day and Michigan had a bad day. So what can you tell from that? Yes, I, I guess the point is... If 
you're, are, you're, what you're doing is putting all the credit on the regular season, which it should be versus which. No, I agree with that. Which is the which is versus the postseason. Correct. Because it's a good I, debate. It's a good debate. Yeah, I think it's a regular season sport, and I hate Ohio State. Uh, God. All right, that's it. <laughs> it's time for us to go. Ben's got his shot in. We're going to go ahead and do it. Uh, get out of here. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be on the road. We're going to be at Steny's Second National Walkers Point tonight. Got the wings going, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread going. We're going to have a good time. Good time coming up tonight. Uh, until we speak again this evening, time for us to go and get out of here. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.